You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast and news update. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. And please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another special guest here on the Locked On Texans podcast today. As you guys know, we have been taking a trip all week through the NFC North. On Monday, we made our first stop in Baltimore where we visit the Ravens. On Tuesday and Wednesday, we made back-to-back stops in Ohio, first visiting Cincinnati and then turning around and going to Cleveland on Wednesday. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our final stop on this AFC tour will take us to Pittsburgh as we visit Christopher Carter host of Locked On Steelers. I cannot wait to get into his mind, pick his brain and see what the hell is going on with the quarterback situation. And is Juju Smith the answer to be their number one receiver, not only for the 2020 season, but also heading in the near future. But before we get into all that good stuff, I just want to remind you guys that this episode is brought to you in part by Built Bar. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are looking for a great way to get your protein or or just something that can help you get that healthy snack or healthy breakfast treat, Built Bar is the way to go. And I'm a living witness. Every single morning, I start my day off with a Built Bar, most noticeably with my favorite flavor, banana nut bread. And boy, does it get me going. I know you guys have been hearing a lot about Built Bar over the past couple of days. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to know what all the fuss is about, I am encouraging you to give it a try when you place your first order at BuiltBar.com. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans. And as promised, I have Locked On Steelers host Chris Carter joining me today as we round out the final day of crossovers here on Locked On Podcast Network. Chris, what's going on, man? And I kind of hate knowing that this is the last day because I don't know about you. Sometimes I get tired talking about the same team over and over and I just love getting perspective and talking to guys outside of the Texans sometimes. I don't know about you, man. No, it's actually it's it's been really fun. We get to interact with more of the hosts. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 actually been a really cool experience. I, I like that we're doing this and I think our listeners are, are, are liking it, too. Quick question. Who has been your favorite team that you had the opportunity to talk to during this fun crossover time? Um, I'd say the Jaguars yesterday was 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 a lot of fun. We uh um tony and i uh, really really got along pretty well um i mean everyone's been great that's the thing like uh i didn't get to link up with colts um but uh but everyone's been great had a lot of fun talks in the nfc east marcus was great with the cowboys uh it's it's been a really fun uh fun series here yeah it's always fun talking to tony down there in jacksonville of course you know of course you know i get a chance to talk to him at least two three times throughout the year with him being in the same vision division mm-hmm. as us but you know tony's just a cool guy man i love talking to tony yeah he's he was hilarious we had, we had a we had a good time chatting it up 
So um, let's jump right into things so the people down in Houston can get a sense of what is going on in Pittsburgh. And of course, and the majority of my questions are going to come is going to come to what is going on with you guys' quarterback situation. <laughs> and we have to start at the top with Ben Roethlisberger. Now, as we all know, Big Ben played only two games last season before going out with a right elbow injury. What's the latest on his return? And do you think this injury has the potential to limit his on-field production? So there's a lot of optimism from the doctors and from the organization that Ben Roethlisberger is going to be good to go. Um, I really think, um, I really think it's, it's when you look at how the, how the team has, has played this out, if the team had any indication from their doctors and from ben, you know, ben Roethlisberger's doctors, they would have made a move to get a quarterback, but they've been adamant since the end of the season. Mike Tomlin said it. Uh, General Manager Kevin Colbert said it. Team president and owner uh, Art Rooney have all confirmed they weren't interested in going after the quarterback position because they were confident in Ben Roethlisberger, and they have confidence that Mason Rudolph can be, you know, a, a better backup this season. Um, and you know, one thing that people often look at is, you know, you know, yeah, his numbers weren't great, and he didn't exactly put everything together. But you got to consider that this was a, a crazy year for Mason Rudolph. He gets his first chance to start in the NFL. And just when he started to get his feet under him, uh, Earl Thomas uh, knocks him out in the middle of a game uh, with, with, a, with a head shot. And uh, it took him time to kind of recover from that. By the time he comes back, he's starting to get his feet under him. And then he gets attacked by Miles Garrett with, by hitting, getting hit with a helmet over the head. Um, and after that, <laughs> you, you, I mean, it, it's, it, you left because it it's insane. It was, I mean, I remember watching yeah, that. I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, like, man, the Browns really kicked their patoots. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wait, what? That happened? Um, it just, it was, it was the most bizarre. I've seen a lot of bizarre stuff in football. I've never seen something play out like that. But that's why I think that the Steelers aren't giving up on Mason Rudolph after one rough year because he had so many things. I mean, again, that was after. I mean, if you, if you ever, if you get a chance to, uh, Houston fans, Go and look at just YouTube. The Earl Thomas hit on Mason Rudolph. He was out before he hit the ground. Um, so I, I look at that. You know, Devlin Hodges. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure he's going to be the third string quarterback. Uh, but after training camp this year, because they they got Paxton Lynch and JT Barrett, so that's going to be a battle for the third quarterback spot. Uh, but they're confident in Ben Roethlisberger. All indications that his elbow is 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 uh, really is getting really well healed. Uh, and uh, Kevin Colbert, Bruce Arians, you know, who's now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, um, but he's still very close to Roethlisberger. In fact, they're neighbors. Um, but a lot of people are attesting that Ben Roethlisberger's rehab is going very well and that he'll be ready for the start of the season. Hmm. And um, I actually have another question about Roethlisberger. But sure. Since you mentioned um, Rudolph, I want to switch gears here and, and talk about Rudolph for a quick second because, you know, I don't. Of course, I'm looking at it from the outside looking in, and I was kind of surprised to see that the Steelers did not go out and draft a, a quarterback or they didn't go out and go out and sign a guy like Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, who are both now a really good second string quarterback in New Orleans and Dallas. Were you surprised that the Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to take another chance on Rudolph? Because, I mean, the guy didn't have a bad year, but knowing where Roethlisberger is in his career, especially knowing that, okay, next year possibly might be the last year that he can be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Were you surprised that the Steelers didn't do more efforts into trying to improve their depth at the quarterback position? 
Not at all, Cody. And that's the that, that's the interesting thing. And I've been t- telling a lot of hosts this so far. Um, we you, there's a there's a there's a serious split, a dichotomy, if you will, of national and local perception of the Steelers because you hear it from the Colin Cowards, the Peter Kings. Oh, the Steelers should go and sign Jameis Winston. I mean, there was such a a cry for that, and any anybody that had a source inside the Steelers was saying there's no chance that they're even thinking about that. And uh, part part of it was because I think Jameis Winston's uh, his reputation. Uh, his lack of leadership skills, the, the the whole eat the W speech and just all the things that kind of come with him. I think they were like, you know, maybe someday if he if he straightens up, but not right now. They 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 don't want they don't want that. Um, Andy Dalton, I don't think ever came up in conversation either. Um, but they they've been adamant. They're not con- considering the quarterback position. They're looking at that as as if it's, as if it's filled, um, and uh, they wanted to invest in other positions. Uh, you know, they went and you know they traded to get Chris Wormley to find a depth interior defensive lineman they got uh they lost an interior offensive lineman they replaced him with stefan wisniewski uh, who's coming off of uh, a super bowl performance with the chiefs um you know they've uh they've made concerted efforts they went and got eric ebron at the tight end position so now they have two guys who have starting experience in the nfl and vance mcdonald and ebron so they've they've done their best to kind of tool up around roethlisberger but they're not they're not making the moves to necessarily replace replace him they want to give him his last two years uh, of his contract they want to give him as, many, as much opportunity to win as possible and honestly I, I really think that they're building their team around the idea that the defense can carry the team and Ben Roethlisberger with the offense can still do just enough to to put up you know 20 plus points or 24 points a game um, and let the defense do the rest because uh, the defense I mean there were a lot of games last year especially in that last three game stretch where they lost all three um, you look at those especially those Bills and Jets games uh, where the offense was just completely inept with Devin Hodges and uh, the defense was 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 keeping them in it with a fourth string undrafted rookie quarterback um, that played uh, it didn't even play D full D one ball. Um, if Ben Roethlisberger's in those games and he's healthy, you have to think that they would be doing better. So I think that they're they're banking around that that Ben's going to be fine. And if they're going to get and if Mason's not the guy, they'll they'll get them. Uh, they'll make another trade up the same way they got Devin Bush to get him in another draft. And, um, you know, this is going to be the last question about the quarterback situation. But, you know, looking at Bryn Roethlisberger, we all know that, you know, Father Tom is undefeated. And Mm -hmm. this is possibly going to be, depending on how this whole injury situation work out, this might be the last season we see the Roethlisberger that we all came accustomed to since he entered the league in, what was it, 2004, 2005, somewhere along those lines? 2004, yep. do you or do you not believe, depending on how things play out in 2020, is it fair to say that next year might be the last time we see Roethlisberger not only as the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh, but suiting up as a Steeler? I think next year, it's certainly the end of his contract. We A lot's going to be told by how he handles these next two seasons. Um, I, I, If I were to bet right now, I, I'd say it's a, it's a 60-40 chance in favoring the, that he would retire after next season. Um, so you, you know, again, that's saying two more years, um, you know, but a lot of this depends because if you looked at Ben Roethlisberger's, his first, I'd say seven, eight seasons in the NFL, he was the most hit quarterback. He was t- holding on to the ball too long. He was always getting jacked up and, and you, and it was just all over the numbers. Like if you looked at his sack numbers, his quarterback hit numbers, they were all over the place and he was always getting beat up. But when Todd Haley came to the Steelers, 
he forced Ben Roethlisberger to get the ball out quicker. He forced him to 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 make quicker decisions and and to be on a timing, uh, have a time in in his head in the pocket. Um, and the new offensive coordinator Randy Feekner, though it didn't go well last year without Ben Roethlisberger, his first year with Ben Roethlisberger, he turned the Steelers' red zone offense into the best red zone offense, and that was without Le'Veon Bell. And um, I I think that he's adamant on protecting Roethlisberger as well. If this year, including next year, if these next two years go relatively smooth in the sense that Ben avoids big hits and he's throwing the ball all right, um, and, and there's some there's some people that are speculating as far as people that know him, not just like writers, but the coaches and, and people that know Ben Roethlisberger, that his arm had been messed up for like a couple years and that this surgery might have set him straight to the point that he's going to be even better than he was in 2018. Um, but again, all that speculation. I think that the bottom line is if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy and still throwing the ball after two years, he might seek another extension though. I just, I see that hard. I, I see that hard to see that going down that way um, just because of how long his career has been. Of course, I have to ask you about one of my favorite up and coming talents in this wow. league. And that's Juju Smith. Now, <laughs> What's the outlook on Juju heading into the 2020 season? Because two years ago, he was one of the up-and-coming rising stars after he recorded his first 1,000 receiving yards of his career. But unfortunately, his production took a little bit of a dip in 2019. So do you believe that season was a fluke and that he is more of a number two receiver who will hover around the eight to 900 receiving yards per year? Or was his lack of production due to the fact that he had not only Mason Rudolph as his quarterback, but he went into a season thinking, okay, he's going to be the number two. Then you had the whole Antonio Brown situation, you know, that happened in the offseason that kind of forced him into being that top target. Well, the, the, this is another interesting split in the Steelers uh, community media-wise and fan-wise a little bit now. There are a lot of people who think that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a number one receiver. But then there's mm-hmm. now a lot a, a lot of people that are starting to think, you know what, maybe that was just because Antonio Brown was around. But the more I've the, the more I've, I've I've watched Juju over the years, this guy creates on his own. Uh, there was a benefit of having an Antonio Brown around, but there were plenty of times this past season, and I I, I watched the tape and after after every game and even in, in review of the season, there's just so many times he would break open on a play and Mason Ruff either wouldn't see him or Devin Hodges would miss him, um, and, and sometimes for big plays and against top tier corners. I mean, he would just he would give it to guys. I mean, Casey Hayward of the Chargers, first play of their game against the Chargers, he puts on a move, Hayward is beat. If Hodges just floats it up the sideline, it's a touchdown, and he throws it like two yards behind him, and he has to jump and try to make a miracle catch, um, and, he, and, he, and he just misses it. And then people were saying, oh, Juju, you're horrible because you didn't jump backwards through the cornerback and make that catch Will you had a touchdown going up the other way. Um, I think the biggest problem is this. Steelers fans are extremely spoiled when it comes to the wide receiver position. If you think about over the years, they've had Antonio Brown, they've had uh, mm-hmm. Hines Ward, uh, maybe Emmanuel Sanders and Mike Wallace are afterthoughts for, for the for the Steelers organization. You think about guys like Plaxico Burris who who were there for a short period of time, and then for the older Steelers fans, they have players like Lewis Lips, Lynn Swan, and John Stallworth. So the Steelers just have a, a rich history of the wide receiver position, and coming off of having six years of Antonio Brown being the best receiver in football, uh, you, you look at the, you looked at his numbers. And I think people are just expecting Juju Smith-Schuster to rise to that. But people got to realize Juju's still younger 
than the other two top receivers on the team, uh, Deontay Johnson and James Washington. He, I mean, he's ex- he, he's extremely young. Um, I, I remember talking to him on his 21st birthday in his rookie season. Like he wasn't able to drink when he came to the NFL. That's that's the craziness of of uh, of how young the guy is. He's the youngest player to ever get to 2,000 yards receiving. I think that he's going to do fine. Um, the big question is if Deontay Johnson blows up, and he was their their uh, their third round pick last year, and um, he had a really good rookie year, and he looked very much like Santonio Holmes, who's another receiver that we can tack onto that list. Um, he he reminded me of Santonio Holmes with how he gets open and how he slashes people up with quick feet. Um, and if he turns into a number one receiver, that might make it tougher for Juju to stick around. But he absolutely has the talent to. And uh, if, if he doesn't stay in Pittsburgh, which I think he will for at least another year after this one, because they'll want to keep him with Ben Roethlisberger, because he's now oddly, as for as young as he is, he's the guy that Ben Roethlisberger has the most experience throwing to um, of all of all the receivers on the roster. Um, so I think he'll stick around for at least another year. But if he does go somewhere, he would be uh, he would be a star as long as he had uh, had a quarterback that could get him the ball. And, you know, before moving on, let me just say this. I am a big believer in Juju Smith, and I just hate knowing that people in 2019 was just talking down on him like he's trash. I'm like, I don't think nobody actually took time to put into perspective he was basically thrown in this situation because, like I say, you know, going into the season – I'm pretty sure a part of him thought, okay, I'm still going to have Antonio Brown there. Then all of a sudden, Brown gets traded to the Ravens, Ra- Raiders. So now he's okay. I'm the number one receiver. Then the second game, Ben Roethlisberger get hurt. So now he has to establish this relationship with Rudolph. And, you know, that was just a lot going on with Smith. I believe that 2020 is going to be a better year for him. And I'm sometimes I, I feel like I'm the only one on this island, but I have faith in Smith and I believe that he's going to be a number one receiver. Tr- trust me, you're not the only one on that island. There's a lot of Steelers, <laughs> Steelers fans and, uh, and, and there's, and it's really small in the Steelers writers community. I will tell you, there are a hmm. lot of people that don't like Juju Smith-Schuster out here because uh, when he first got here, a couple of people wrote about his first preseason when he dropped a pass and then he got hurt and people were doubting him. And he took that personal. I mean, I saw him not talk to people, um, he talked to me. I've had some really good interviews with him. Uh, but uh, when you, but you, I do think that Juju Smith-Schuster, he's kind of uh, – there's some people that, that have made it a point not to like him, and he's kind of just done it back. Um, so there's been a, it's been an interesting feud with Juju Smith-Schuster um, in, with the media. But uh, ultimately, I think he's a very good player. I think he's a, he, he's a, he's a good guy. I think that it's just going to take some time. I think, and again, I think he needs Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Vance McDonald of all the, of the tight ends, he had the second best separation numbers according to next gen stats on NFL.com. And uh, he, he was like 22nd in tight end production last year. That's how bad the quarterback situation was. We had wide open guys, uh, you know, all, all season long looking at stuff and uh, the ball was just, wasn't getting into him. I would not put 2019 against Juju Smith-Schuster or anybody else that was a target for the Steelers last year. You know, the, the the Steelers, ever since you guys got Big Ben in 2004, you guys have always been that third team in the AFC who can make a deep playoff run. You know, of course, it was always New England, followed by the Colts or Broncos, whichever team Manning was playing for at the time. Then it was you guys. And, you know, you guys actually won two Super Bowl rings throughout ever since Roethlisberger got here in 2004. So mm-hmm. The way this team is currently constructed right now, do you or do you not feel that this is going to be a team that could contend in the AFC, especially when you got teams like 
the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens on the rise? I, I certainly think that they can. Uh, and, and last year was a big sign of it. Now, everyone's probably thinking, well, they went 8-8 eight, eight last year. What did that make you think? Well, I, I have to look at the difference between Devlin Hodges and Ben Roethlisberger. I have to think that that difference. And if you if you really want to see Devlin Hodges, don't just look at his highlights. Look at how many bad misses he had. And look at what it, every time he threw the ball more than 15 yards down the field to the sideline and how little velocity was on it and how sometimes he had to float the ball and how easy it was for, for defenders to get under it and how sometimes it was completely inaccurate. Ben Roethlisberger, even if he doesn't come back at full strength, is better than that, a lot better than that. And I have to think that's at least worth about three games. And last year, I, I think honestly, last year was a was going into going into it is a lot was a much tougher schedule than they have this year right now because they don't have to play in New England. Um, they get teams that normally that would give them troubles on the road, like the Eagles and the Broncos. They get those teams at home. Um, you know, the Texans are another home game that that, that, that are interesting. Um, you know, so I, I have to think that they are one of those teams that are going to be contending in the AFC if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy. And I've been saying this all along. They don't need to be a, a number, a top 10 offense. If they're if they're just a middling offense at number 16, whereas last year they were at the bottom of uh, of, of everything in the NFL. Um, if, they're, if they're just in the middle of the offense, uh, the offensive rankings across the board, that defense is good enough as long as everyone's healthy to, to carry them to a lot of wins. Um, and that, that'll be the bottom line for them. And, and you're right. Uh, you know, of, if you look back, going back to 2000 uh, or 2001, when the Patriots started their run of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I can think of, uh, I think since then, over the Raiders, there was, um, yep, it's the, it's the Raiders and I think the Ravens, and that's it. Um, uh, except for maybe who who's it last year? The, the Patriots were in it. Um, or the Chiefs were it. the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Ravens are the three teams since 2001 that were teams that represented the AFC in the Super Bowl that weren't a Ben Roethlisberger team, a Tom Brady team, or a Peyton Manning team. That was the mm-hmm. level of domination in the AFC over two decades. Uh, so you're absolutely right. The Steelers have always been in that that three way shift around that between Peyton Manning and Brady and, and, and Roethlisberger since he's been there. Uh, and, and that's even before Ben Ben started, because back in 2001, it was Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox. And uh, that's a whole other story. But uh, but yeah, I, I think that they're absolutely it's, it's going to depend on health. Can Ben come back and be healthy, which we think he can? Um, I, I think that determines a lot for the trajectory of this season. But they certainly have a, a have a good shot. If uh, if they can get him back and make sure that their defensive playmakers like Micah Fitzpatrick and uh, T.J. Watt and Devin Bush are healthy. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are tasty. Not none of that bland, no flavor bars. No, none of that. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Who doesn't like candy bar? Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, the whole nine but it's just a little bit more better for you. 16 amazing flavors, eight chocolate nut flavors, eight chocolate nut free flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy like me. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, which is what you really need if you're really trying to get a little bit healthier. Flavor profile here, peanut butter brownie, 20 grams protein, 170 calories, 3 grams sugar, 3 grams net carbs. 
Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Cody, this was a lot of fun, man. Uh, you know, I'm glad we, get to, we we got to do this. I'm, I'm I'm excited to get to do this again during the season when these two teams meet up. Um, can you let our Steelers fan, our Steelers listeners, know where they can find more of your work? Yes, sir. Um, please follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore twenty four. That's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore twenty four. And ladies and gentlemen, if you follow me on Twitter, you're going to see that I cover more than the Texans. I cover the Rockets. I actually did a interview with Kevin Martin. I don't know if you remember him. He used to play for the Rockets. Got an interview with him. Did a really good feature story on him. You can check that out on my Twitter page. And I cover University of Houston athletic, mostly basketball. So if you want to see all of what Houston sports have to offer, I'm your best follow. This is the guy right here, H-Town. Cody Davis is locking it down. Uh, you guys know you can find me on Twitter. Follow me at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Thanks for those who do follow me. Also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group by searching Locked On Steelers. And hey, rate both of our, our podcasts, Locked On Texans and Locked On Steelers Five Stars. You'd be helping out the Locked On Podcast community. But from Chris and Cody, thanks for listening, y'all. We'll be back in years on our own shows on Friday. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.